DW. During autumn, thousands of Maltese men wake up before dawn, prepare a thermos of instant coffee, inspect their nets and wait in anticipation. Some have their sons and grandsons by their side. Together, mending their nets and preparing bait, they're ready to make a catch. It might sound like these men are going fishing, but their targets are actually wild songbirds. The hunting lobby in Malta is the country's largest non-governmental group. When Malta joined the EU in 2004, nearly 1% of its population was licensed to trap around 37,000 wild birds per year. Together with thousands of hunters, trappers in Malta are a force to be reckoned with. During the birds' migration starting in September, the Maltese countryside is littered with shotgun cartridges. Shooting and trapping birds on their migratory routes to Africa is a generations-old bonding ritual for Maltese men. They catch birds to keep them in cages and enjoy their song. But after the European Court of Justice ruled that trapping must stop in 2018, the government of Malta came up with an alternative it hopes will appease both the EU's directive and trappers. This year, they're allowing bird trapping for research. Trappers may capture birds, but not bring them home. Instead, they must release the birds after recording which ones have bands attached to their legs by researchers, a practice called ringing. Environmentalists, however, are not convinced. Illegal collection and sale of wild-caught birds, especially finches, is a big thing on Malta. And there is a huge black market and a lot of money and criminal energy involved. And the demand is in fact so huge that each year several thousand of finches are also being smuggled in from Italy to Malta. That's Axel Hirschfeld. With his team at the Germany-based Committee Against Bird Slaughter, he monitors bird shooting and illegal trapping in the Mediterranean. Thousands of birds die in squalid conditions while in transit from Italy to Malta. And now the same persons who have been involved in this trade and all the illegal trapping observed by our teams in the last years are now being labelled as scientists by the government. Uh, yeah, who's going to believe this? The Gadira Nature Reserve is a paradise for birds. Separated from a nearby beach by a busy road, this salt marsh habitat attracts around 140 species of migrating birds. Here, BirdLife Malta's certified ringers follow international guidelines to keep track of bird migration. In the experienced hands of BirdLife members, the birds are surprisingly calm. It normally takes about two and a half years to learn ringing techniques. BirdLife team member Nicholas Barbara tells me that trappers' methods are not suitable for handling birds without harming them. And he says law enforcement in the countryside is not easy. If the trappers are clever enough to hide away these birds and avoid police detecting them, then they're going to get away with it. They normally boost up the numbers up to 40 officers. Now this time round, somehow they decided they do not have the resources to do it. We've had situations where I can safely say we were more volunteers out in the field than there were police. Barbara says other Mediterranean countries also allow trapping. But on the tiny Maltese archipelago, the hunting and trapping of birds is so intense that some species have stopped breeding altogether. 
to protect biodiversity, the 1979 European Birds Directive has only allowed the trapping of wild birds in small numbers under strict conditions. To comply with EU law, Malta banned trapping in 2009. But trappers fought back. They said preventing them from enjoying their hobby made them feel depressed, even suicidal. Before the 2013 election, the current ruling party promised to find a way to justify traditional trapping to the EU. Well, they feel cheated by the political system, especially by the European Union, I suppose. Mark Anthony Falson is an anthropologist who's been researching the tradition of bird trapping. As they see it, they're doing nothing wrong, so why should they change? They're doing something that they've done all their lives. They're doing something that their fathers and their fathers' fathers did. They're doing something which they value greatly. This is very much about nature, about birds and so on. But it is also social. It's also about family, about kinship. Falson doesn't think the plan of telling trappers to count ringed birds makes sense. To understand any possible scientific value of having traditional trappers count ringed birds, I met bird researcher Natalino Fenech in the Goliega Valley, next to the University of Malta. Flanked by construction sites, the valley is an island of greenery, crisscrossed by carob tree roots. Rainwater gathers here and attracts insects and frogs. These people have been raised, as I was, in it. So I was used to seeing birds on the table almost every day in the week during the hunting season. You're brought up in it, you're raised in it, you breathe it, you smell it, you know, it's part of you. And suddenly somebody tells you, this has to stop. As Fennec describes it, trapping these birds is not so much a livelihood for people, rather a hobby that's central to the identity of many Maltese men. He thinks using the traditional knowledge of bird trappers for science could be a good idea, but has reservations. A scientific project needs methodology. The way it is being done, trapping birds and releasing them again, only taking note of the number of ringed birds that they, they, they trap, this is going to have no or very limited results. With each year, distrust between hunters and conservationists grows. I did meet with one younger trapper who's actually excited about the catch and release project and wants to be a citizen scientist. We spoke outdoors near the coast. He preferred to withhold his name, fearing retribution in the community. Trapping is our way of life. It's everything revolves around trapping. I wouldn't feel any problem in releasing a bird. I absolutely wouldn't feel a problem. Um, but my dad will. But if I tell him, Dad, let's release the birds, and we're guaranteed to come to trap tomorrow, and the day after, and the day after, and the day after, and the day after, so you don't need to look over your shoulders. You're guaranteed to be able to trap within a legal framework, even the most diehards of us will then resign to the idea that it's better to release the birds and they have a guaranteed future in trapping. Bird researcher Fennec fears that if the current project is sloppily designed and fails to convince EU lawmakers of its legitimacy, Malta will lose future opportunities to engage trappers in citizen science and trappers will once again feel abandoned. That's very hard when, when, when you're in the middle of trapping season and you cannot go trapping what's illegal, you know. Um, you look at the sky, we know the sky is right, we know the birds are there. It's actually worse than being in prison, because in prison, you know, the, the door is locked. You cannot go. In terms of trapping, the door is not locked. If you go into your private field, you're going to hear the birds, you're going to feel the... you're going to smell it, you're going to feel it. It will be in your bones, in your, in your skin, in your, you know... As urban development smothers the Maltese countryside, there may be fewer birds to trap or protect, regardless of what the authorities decide. 
But today, the dilemma is this. Should thousands of men feel oppressed by not being able to take part in a generations-old pastime, or thousands of birds be killed and caged for the continuation of their hobby? EU law is on the environmentalist side, but the Maltese government seems to be prioritising the men. DW. 